0: They want a good message. They want a message that they can get behind. They want good writing, but they want you to bring an audience and they want you to bring an audience of people that already like your writing and would be interested in buying your book. And so this is why building a platform is so important. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. You know, there isn't a week that goes by where I don't get an email that says, I want to write a book, but I don't know how to get started. Help. And I usually send a couple of suggestions their way, but today... I'm responding in a more robust way. I am giving a lot more information that than I am able to give in an email interaction. I thought it would be helpful because I know that there are a lot of people out there that have this question. How do I write a book? How do I get a book published? And if that's you, then the podcast episode that you're listening to is going to help. If it's not you, uh, by all means, listen in. We can always learn. And then maybe there's somebody that you know that needs to hear this as well and that you can share it with them. So before we jump into kind of the how, I think the first place to start is the why. You need to determine your why. Why? Why do you want to write a book? Now, let me tell you why this is important. It's important because writing a book is a challenging process. There will be days that you just want to throw it all away. You want to say, this isn't worth it. I am stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm overwhelmed. And on those days, you need to be able to tap into your why, because it's your why that'll keep you going. You know, sometimes, um, some of the, the reasons that people, they're, they're wise for writing is that they have a story to tell. And then if you have a story to tell, you have to kind of determine who needs that story. I mean, is it a story that you want to tell primarily for close family and friends? Like you want to make sure that your story is told in your voice. And, but, but it's kind of for a, a more of an inside circle. Or do you feel that you have a story to tell and it's for everyone uh, that you're able to share your story, but you're also able to share principles learned and to be able to teach those principles or impart them in a way that they apply to other people as well? Some people want to write for income purposes. Some people believe that a book will give them credibility to do other things. What is your why? What is your reason? And understanding your why is important. So you can determine first if your expectations are realistic. And hopefully after listening to this episode, you'll have a better idea of realistic expectations, um, better understand what the writing process looks like, as well as just the, um, understanding the the writing world. And it's also important so that you can determine if writing a book really is the best avenue for you to pursue. You know, 25 years ago, if you had a story to tell, there were really two ways to do it. You either did it in person, verbally, standing on a stage in some way, shape or form, or you wrote a book. But today is different because there are so many stages out there. There's the podcast world. There's blogs and websites and blog series that you can do, which is almost like mini books. When you do a series of messages on a topic, it becomes almost like a mini book that is delivered Completely free through a blog. And, you know, I am the author of 14 books, but uh, in 2016, Mark and I decided to share our journey of healing from his infidelity. We decided to share that through a blog series. We called it the No More Perfect Marriages blog series. This was before our No More Perfect Marriages book even existed. And uh, we did a 10-day blog series that um, shared uh, our story and then shared lessons learned as we told the story. And I want you to know that that blog series has had more readers than some of my published books have had. So publishing is not the only way to get a message out there. And sometimes it's not even the most effective way. Um, Sometimes uh, being able to use online resources that are easily shared can be an even more effective way. And then um, social media is another place uh, where we can share a story, where we can teach lessons, where we can impart wisdom. And you can do series on, you know, series of messages on social media as well. So writing a book isn't the only way to get a message out there. But let's determine that you uh, understand your why and that you feel that a book is what you want to do. It's what you're being called to do. So from this point on, Let's talk about what that might look like and what are some next steps for you to take. So the first thing that I would say, and the, the first thing I ask someone when they tell me that they want to write a book, I, I always ask them, tell me what you're writing now. And I'll be honest with you. A lot of people out there will say, I'm not, I'm not writing anything now. And I want to respond with, Houston, we have a problem here (laughs) because if you want to write a book and you're talking about doing that and you're not practiced in writing, then you are, are trying to jump into the deep into the pool and you don't know how to swim. So what I encourage people that feel that they want to be an influencer or they have a story to tell is start writing start writing anything blog post start a blog if you don't have one and um and use that uh to start writing in uh you know small articles here and there small blog posts um if you know someone else who has a blog and they accept guest posts ask if you can post on a a a topic or a subject that would be a good match for their blog. Um social media posts. I mean, honestly, um in this day and age, particularly on Facebook and Instagram, uh, many people do what what's called in the writing industry, it's called microblogging. And a microblog blog is is or a, a micro blog post is when you take a post that you might put in a blog and you just shorten it so that it'll fit into the Facebook Instagram platform. Now, Facebook doesn't have uh nearly the word limit that Instagram does. So sometimes when I do microblogging on Facebook or Instagram, I have to shorten it for Instagram, where I can I can leave some things in um, more likely over on Facebook. But use these easy places to practice writing and begin to find an audience. See, that's the other piece of people that want to jump right into writing a book. I like to say that books are number three on what I would call a step into writing progression of, of writing. The first step would be writing regular social media posts. Like every single day, you put something on social media every single day that you are writing about. If you are passionate about marriage, you write about marriage every single day on social media. If you are passionate about teaching people how to pray, you write about prayer and you tell stories about prayer and, and you talk about answered prayer in your life. And so, uh, you know, if you just want to encourage family relationships, um, then every single day you write something. It could just be two paragraphs long and it could be 10 paragraphs long. But you get into the habit of writing. And then uh, that would be the first step. Um, in the progression of writing would be social media posts. The second would be writing blog posts or some other regular writing opportunity. It might be your church newsletter. It might be um, writing for your mom's groups, Facebook page, just something where you are writing on a regular basis. So by the time that I uh, published my first book, I had been writing for our local newspaper for probably five or six years. Um I did a column. Um it was just a, a column for families. And um I was one of several writers of that column. Um but I had to regularly come up with um a a topic and I had to develop that topic um so that it had takeaway for the reader. And this was great practice for me. Now, I will tell you, the funny thing is, when I started writing for that, uh, when I started writing for the newspaper, I think we started out that we could write 1,200 word um, articles. And um, by the time that I I finished, I wrote for them for almost 20 years. And um, they kept taking away word count. Um, and so eventually it was like, 800 words. So I had to learn how to, you know, say something worth reading in 800 words. But um, the funny thing was, um, you know, I was so used to having to write and develop a concept in 800 to 1200 words that when I first sat down to work on my first book, I wrote my first 800 to 1200 words and was like, okay, I'm done. And the average published book um, is fifty-five to 65,000 words. And, um, you know, I had a long way to go. Uh, at that point, I was like, whoa, I have got to learn how to develop topics and go deeper um, than what I've been able to do in my 800 to 1,200 words. But, These opportunities are practice for you to be able to hone your skill and find an audience that wants to read what you've written. And that's going to be important because, and I'm going to talk about this in a moment, it's important that you start building a platform. And a platform are people that want to read what you write. So. Bottom line, just start writing, start writing for anything that you can write for any place that you can get, um, words out there, start writing, you know, and I, I don't have any experience with fiction writing. Most uh, everything that I've done is nonfiction. Um, so it, it's, uh, everything that I've done comes out of uh, the stories of my life, my own struggles, and then lessons learned along the way. Um, you know, uh, fiction writers, um, I know a lot of fiction writers, they start more with short stories. You know, they start with short stories that they make uh, available maybe through their website for free uh, just to begin to build an audience in exchange for somebody to, um, you know, they can access the short story with just a name and an email. And then they build the, their audience of people that want to read what they've written uh, by putting their toe in the water with short stories. Um, You can do the same on social media, even with fiction. Uh, You can can do a series uh, utilizing a blog or social media uh, with fiction or nonfiction. All right. So once you are writing, all right, and you are writing on a regular basis, and honestly, sometimes you're even writing not for the purpose of somebody else to read it you're just getting in the habit of taking a topic and kind of developing that topic. Sometimes it's for, it's for your own. Um, I like, I like to say that, you know, sometimes writing for me is a mental health activity. Um, You know, I'm not a big journaler. My husband is a journaler, Um, but um, oftentimes um, people will journal and that will be a practice of writing as well. And I find that when I do re- take a topic and I develop it, it is a form of journaling for me because it helps me to access some of my thinking um, that I've not really uh, recognized uh, was even in there. All right. So you're going to start writing. All right. The second thing that I want to encourage you to do is get some training. Get some training, you know, take some courses, access some writing guides, uh, check out memberships, conferences. Um, a favorite of mine is Hope Writers. Um, Hope Writers is a, a community of uh, Christians who um, encourage one another in the writing journey. And, um, I know I have quite a few friends that are um, uh, members of Hope Writers, and I know they absolutely feel like it has been absolutely essential for them. Um, they only open membership twice a year, and, and I believe that right now it is open. And I will include a link in the show notes, as well as links to some other fabulous learning opportunities. Um there's the Right to Publish conference, the Speak Up Conference, She Speaks, Hope Writers, um, I'll even uh, some people that I enjoy um uh reading what they write about publishing. Um, like you could get on their email list and learn a lot. They teach through their email list. So I will, in the show notes, include some of my favorites um, so that you can make a decision about getting some training. All right. We start writing, we get some training. All right. And keep, make that ongoing training okay that's not just a once and done it's like regularly like i love um the speak up conference i um am a part of the faculty oftentimes i uh, have been for the last 3 years um hopefully will in the future as well um and i can tell you it is well worth the investment of your time and your energy to do events like that on a regular basis all right the next thing you want to do is you want to start building a platform. Okay. Especially if your goal is to write to encourage others. You need to start with non-book writing, which is what we talked about earlier. You know, writing on social media, writing on, um, church newsletters, writing on, um, blogs. Because this builds an audience of people who want to read what you've written. And in the writing and the speaking world, this is called growing your platform. And a platform is what you use to reach people. Okay. So when I published my first book back then, a nobody could possibly get published by a traditional publisher because um, they were just looking at the quality of the writing. They were looking at the message. Was this something they could get behind? And was this something they felt like they could sell? And then they trusted um, or you trusted that they would get the word out there. However, now it is completely different. They want a good message. They want a message that they can get behind. They want good writing, but They want you to bring an audience and they want you to bring an audience of people that already like your writing and would be interested in buying your book. And so this is why building a platform is so important, because especially if you want to go traditional publishing, which we'll talk in a moment about the difference between traditional publishing and self-publishing. But and honestly, though, you need a platform for self-publishing. Because a platform is the group of people that are interested in buying what it is that you've written. So you need it either way. It's just, if you want a traditional publisher, uh, somebody that's going to um, publish the book, somebody that's going to get behind it, they want to know your numbers. How many people follow you on Facebook? How many people follow you on Instagram? How many people are on your email list? They want to know all of that. So building a platform is important. Now, those are questions that you should ask yourself, even if you want to self-publish, because that's going to indicate uh, the reality of how many people will likely purchase your book. Now, I have a three-hour master course that I call Grow Your Platform Using Email and Social Media. And it teaches you How to do that. And so obviously, I mean, that is just, it's a lot of content and it's more than we can get into here, but I'll make sure and put in the show notes a link to that masterclass course um, that could be helpful. So you want to write a book? Start writing, get some training and start building your platform. All right. Next. Outline first. If you're tackling a book, start with an outline or a draft of the table of contents. This helps you to know how, where you want to go, um, how you want to develop this topic. Um, it helps you to organize your thoughts. So, uh, give you some examples in my Empty Nest Full Life book. Um, that book came out of actually reading a Bible verse in the book of Ecclesiastes. And the Bible verse wa- was one um, that in the message version said, in everything, there's a season, a time to hold on and a time to let go. And I went, that's how I want to organize my emptinessful life book. I want to talk about the things that you need to hold on to and the things you need to let go of. And so I knew then I had two parts to the book, okay? So that was the first part of my outline. So then I'm like, all right, what are the things that you need to let go of? What are the things that you need to let go of? And I began to pray about that. I began to um, talk to others about that. I began to uh, journal about that, um, just paying attention to the things that when you are launching kids into adulthood, what are the things you need to let go of? And some of the things I came up with is you need to let go of expectations. You need to let go of opinions. You need to let go of guilt. um, You need to let go of your child's problems. uh, And you need to let go of idols. And that gave me, okay, okay, that gave me an outline for the first part of the book. And then um, I began to think through, okay, what are the things that you need to hold on to? And, um, you know, I came up with you need to hold on to your marriage. If you're married, uh, you need to hold on to your passions. Um, you need to hold on to friendships. And what does that look like in the emptiness season of life? And I continued to develop it in that manner. And that gave me then a plan I could start working to write the book. Now, oftentimes the outline that I start with is not exactly the table of contents that I end with, but that's okay because writing is a process of, you know, it's a process that is an ebb and a flow and it just keeps us Moving in the right direction, but you have to expect it's a creative process. So it's okay uh, for you to suddenly realize, Oh gosh, I haven't, you know, I haven't thought about this thing. Oh, we need a chapter on that or we need a section in a chapter on this particular topic. So you lay it out, but you expect that to be a flexible process as well. And then you do the same thing with chapters. Um, and I'm talking obviously here more in a nonfiction setting where it is a book that is going to help other people. But then even within the chapter, you lay out like your subtitles within the chapter or your sections um, within the chapter that you want to write about, that you want to develop this thought further. And in those outlines, I often uh, we'll make note of different stories I want to tell to illustrate those points or to illustrate those topics. So, um, you know, it'll just be like story about and, and whatever that story is, it just reminds me, Hey, this, um, belongs in this chapter. And so outlining. Um, is really important because at least it just gets the idea down so that you can begin to develop the idea. And again, the outline uh, will likely morph in some way, shape or form, but it gets you started. I often do the same thing with um, articles as well. Sometimes I can write an article without an outline, but usually I have that outline in my head, even if I don't have it fleshed out on paper. Along the same lines, it's important that you develop a writing habit, okay? Um, put it on the calendar that you set aside time to write on a regular basis. And think of that as an appointment you are making with yourself. You know, you might set goals to get a certain word count written each day or getting one chapter started or getting one chapter finished. You know, oftentimes people, I know that people have taken challenges where it's like, write a thousand words a day. And, you know, sometimes that is a good one, especially if you're just trying to get yourself into the habit of writing, um, 500 words a day, a thousand words a day. Um, if you're writing a book, uh, a thousand words a day is going to take you, about 65 days to finish a traditional-sized book. Um, So, you know, in general, that'll help you uh, to better understand um, how long it would take to write a book. Now, I will tell you, um, I think a book to death, and then I brain dump. So I just spend a lot of time mulling it over in my head, and then I like to really focus on that for a shorter period of time. Um, So in the past, I would say it's taken me two or three months to write a book. Um, I think some of the shortest time it's taken me is about a month. Um, And that's when I have probably thought about that book and tossed it over in my mind and made notes in a variety of ways for months and months and months on end. And then it just has to come out. Everybody does it differently. That's the way I do it. I know um, writing friends of mine and they will spend four to six months on a book. Um, but I really almost like to immerse myself in it. And that's kind of like the only thing I'm thinking about um, during that season of time, because I just find it helps with continuity. Then I'm not having to kind of sit down and reacquaint myself every week because I haven't worked on it for a week. I prefer to work on it uh, day in, day out for a shorter period of time. But develop that writing habit that works for you. All right. So hopefully those are some really practical steps that will help you to know and to understand um, some ways to step in into and walk toward writing a book. Now I want to help you to understand the differences between self-publishing and traditional publishing and other options that are in between, Um, because this is probably one of the biggest places where I get asked about um, publishing. And so in general, you've got traditional publishing and you've got self-publishing. The easiest way, and so let me give you the simple answer of the difference between the two, but then we'll go back and we'll kind of tear this apart a little bit more so that you better understand. But in traditional publishing, you get paid to write a book. In self-publishing, you pay someone to print your book, right? Let me say that again. Traditional publishing, you get paid to write the book and self-publishing, you pay someone to print your book, All right? Um, in general, in traditional publishing, uh, it's not going to cost you anything. In self-publishing, it's going to cost you to have them print that book and for you to get any copies of it. Now in traditional publishing uh, you do have to buy copies of it yourself but you get those at an author discount rate uh, usually something at 60 or 70% off the cover price um but um and and in self publishing you usually get at at you know some sort of a printed rate and then you turn around and you would likely sell those at a little higher rate um, to make sure that you are making something off of them and that you are covering all of that time that you took to write the book. But in general, that's the difference. Okay. Um, So in traditional publishing, you have to write a proposal. Um, In essence, you are trying to sell the publisher on why they should print your book. And um the benefit of traditional publishing is you've got all of their distribution lines. Um that book is going to appear in um major uh bookstores, uh major online booksellers. And um and so you are benefiting from their Uh, distribution lines. You are also um, benefiting from their relationships in the industry. Oftentimes, uh, they will connect you to uh, radio interviews, podcast interviews. Um, You know, their marketing team will set all of that up and they'll partner with you to create a successful launch plan, those kind of things um, that you are you're benefiting from. Now, um, you have to realize that when I say you get paid to write the book as in traditional publishing, what they're doing is they are giving you an advance on the royalties. Okay. They're giving you an advance on the royalties. And in general, I would say the normal advance um, in the Christian publishing world is anywhere from a thousand dollars to $10,000 for a book. And you got to remember they are expecting you to bring a platform, which is a group of people that want you to write the book. Um, they are expecting you to do your due diligence um, to, um, to sell that book. Um, but uh, they're going to give you um, an advance anywhere from a thousand to ten thousand. That means, though, that you would have to earn ten thousand dollars in royalties. Let's say if they gave you a ten thousand dollar advance, um, you'd have to earn ten thousand dollars in royalties from the sales of that book before you ever receive any additional income from it. Okay, so there are some of my books that I have got. I got an advance on, and I, it never earned out the advance. And so I've never earned another dime in royalties on those. Um, I have others that have earned out their advance and I have continued to earn royalties off of those. Um, now, in general, most publishers offer an advance that they project your book will earn back in the first six to 12 months after it's published. Right. So, you know. Honestly, many books don't earn that. And if they don't earn it, here's the problem that publisher is probably not going to be super excited to publish a second book with you because they lost money on you. So that's kind of how it works in traditional publishing. I love traditional publishing. I'm so grateful. I have um, had books published by uh, Zondervan, Harvest House, Guideposts. And moody publishers and, um, have loved, uh, that experience in general. Um, I've loved having the partnership of, uh, a traditional publisher. And honestly, uh, you know, I was able to get published in the beginning because hearts at home existed. And so we had a built in audience that wanted those books and that helped to get um, my foot in the door. And for that, I'm grateful. Um, although I've had to work extremely hard since Hearts at Home closed in 2017, I've had to work extremely hard to build my own platform uh, outside of Hearts at Home so that I can continue uh, to provide resources for those that I want to encourage. Now, self-publishing is in essence, you are paying somebody to print your book. So if, if it's going to come with a price tag, that is a self publisher. Don't get confused by that. Um, there have been many times where I've had somebody, you know, reach out to me. And when I start to explain the difference between traditional publishing and self publishing, some self publishers will make it sound like it's a really big deal that they have that they're going to, to print your book. And some self publishers are very picky about who they publish. But in general, in general, I would say <laughs> if you have the money, They will publish you in general for most self-publishers. And so you really aren't being selected. You are a customer. You have the ability to pay and they will print your book. So just be aware of that. There's nothing wrong with that. I know some fabulous books that are self-published. I know fabulous books that are traditionally published. Just understand the difference between the two. Now, there are some, some publishing options in between working with paying somebody to print your book, which by the way, some self-publishers, they include like an editing. Um, they include an editing piece in like whatever you pay to have your book printed and include some editing. And that is a piece that is super important. And if you decide to go the self-publishing route and they don't include editing, I do th- believe that that is an expense that is well worth investing in, um, and here's why: uh, I, the the biggest drawback of self published books is that they're not well written, and and they haven't had a um, critical eye. And um, somebody read it from an audience's perspective. And so I really believe that it's important that you have your work edited. Now, if you traditionally publish, that's a part of it. I mean, they partner you up with an editor and that editor... Um, I'll tell you, the first time I got back a manuscript and when I first started writing, things weren't done on the computer. We I mean, they were done on the computer, but I printed it out and I sent it off like sent off this, you know, two inch thick document. And it came back with red markings all over it, just like when you were in high school English class and you got to have some thick skin because um, a good editor Sometimes calls your book ugly, and that's that's not easy. But here's the deal: if they're a good editor, and you're willing to take that feedback, and you're willing to work on the things, or re, you know, develop this section of the book in a deeper way, or rework a section that they want you to rework, if you're willing to do that, they're helping you be a better communicator. So it's well worth it, but you do have to have some thick skin. So in traditional publishing, that editor is built in and self-publishing, not always. So you may want to um, have the additional expense of uh, another editor. I actually um, have a couple of people that I um, recommend people work with. Um, I will include those in the show notes as well. Um, I have a friend that's a writing coach. Um, she's excellent. And um, and then my editor at Moody Publishers um, also does freelance editing. And um, I've loved working with her at Moody. And so I often recommend her to others that are looking for somebody to um, serve as an editor for a writing project that they are doing. All right, so some other options that kind of fall in between traditional publishing and self-publishing is um, Amazon KDP, um, which Amazon uh, KDP stands for Kindle Direct Publishing, and Amazon KDP has kind of offered something in the middle of uh, traditional publishing and self-publishing, and um, so Amazon KDP is a way to self-publish books. without having to carry an in uh, an inventory of those books. And that's probably the best part of Amazon KDP. Now don't uh don't be confused by Kindle direct publishing because you can publish through Amazon KDP and it can be available in Kindle format, an ebook format, or it can be a, uh, available in a published book format, either way or both. And um and so the beautiful, I mean, in essence, it's what they call um, on-demand printing. And so um, if you publish through Amazon KDP, then um, it's available on Amazon. When somebody orders it, it'll be printed and then sent to them if they order it in book format. Um, so it's just another way of... Uh, being able to self publish a book. Now there is no editing with that. So again, if you choose to use something like Amazon KDP where there's also no cost up front, that's the beautiful part of Amazon KDP is that there is no cost up front. um, Like there is in a self publishing, working with a self publishing company. And so You don't have to pay to have your book printed. Um, now you are only earning, um, you know, a percentage when that book is sold. And, but that's the way it is in traditional printing as well, or traditional publishing. When, um, one of my books is sold in a bookstore, on average, I earn 21% of that. Um, and sometimes it starts at 16%. So, um, you're not earning, and remember if I've got to earn out a $10,000 advance, that's a lot of books. If I'm only earning 16 to 21% on a book, that's a lot of books to earn out that, uh, that advance. So, um, same with Amazon KDP, you're going to earn a percentage because Amazon's going to keep part of it. You're going to keep part of it. Um, but that is the way it works in the publishing industry. Um, It is also possible for you to write a book, uh, turn it into an ebook and uh, have it available on a website and people can buy it through you. And then they just download the PDF, a PDF format of that ebook. And in that case, you get to keep all of whatever it cost, Um, so that's another option, you know, and, um, ebooks, they can be five pages, 55 pages. I mean, they can, it, you know, all different sizes. So I have, um, something that I is now published through Amazon KDP. It's my, um, book, Your Next Steps, What to Do When Your Spouse Is Unfaithful. So that is, I like to call that, it's really a booklet, okay? Um, it's short, it's simple, it's designed for people that are in incredible pain because they have just found out that their spouse is unfaithful and they're trying to figure out what to do. And um, honestly, it came out of emails. When I started, when I went public with our story, I just started sharing, you know, people would write me and then I would write them back uh, certain things that were helpful for me on the journey. And I got to the place where I was just copying and pasted what I had sent to other people, um, because I just didn't have the time to tend to all these. And finally I was like, I'm just going to turn this into an ebook. So I literally just made it into a Word document, saved it as a PDF, and then sold it on my website as a feed, as a PDF for like $4.99. Um, eventually when Amazon KDP, uh, I became more familiar with it, we decided to publish it through Amazon KDP. So it's available on Amazon. I think it's like $9.99 um, or something like that on Amazon. And people can get it either as an ebook uh, in a, a, like a Kindle ebook format, or they can get it as a hard copy book. Uh, I couldn't offer that through my website. Now they could print out the PDF, but they were kind of printing out, you know, just a, um, I don't know, a 10 page um, document in essence. Um, now that I've done it through Amazon KDP, uh, they actually get a little book um, that has a cover, you know, you upload your own cover art um, and uh, everything for the insides. Oftentimes it, is helpful to work with um, someone who does graphic design work um, to help you do that. I, I would say uh, my daughter has done almost all of my Amazon KDP books. Um, so that little booklet I've done through Amazon. And then I have two books that went out of print. They were traditionally published books. They went out of print. So I updated them and then we just republished them through Amazon KDP. So now they are a self-published book um, through Amazon KDP. We've been very pleased uh, with that as well. So hopefully now you have a better understanding of traditional publishing, -publishing, self-publishing, that you can do eBooks that are just simple PDF downloads on your website. And then there's the option of Amazon KDP uh, as another way to get books out there And for them to be distributed through Amazon. Now, there are so many more intricacies in publishing than what I can cover in this, but hopefully, I've given you an overview and an understanding of um, what it takes to start to write a book and what the options are out there. Um, Now, have realistic expectations, all right? There are some people that get rich writing books. <laughs> but in general, in general, um, most of us out there that are, you know, have a moderate number of readers um, are not making bank on books. Um, in general, I have 14 books and I make an average of $6,000 a year on my book royalties and my book sales. $6,000 a year and that's on 14 books. All right, I probably earn another three to $4,000 um, writing articles for publications. But I would say in general, I'm earning less than $10,000 a year writing, and I write a lot. Um, now, if I get a book advance, okay, that's in general. If I get a book advance, that might be $5,000 or a $10,000 book advance, then obviously I'm going to add that book advance onto it. But some years I don't write books, so I don't get it. I don't get a book advance. Um, So have some realistic expectations about, um, you know, from an income perspective, uh, because, uh, you know, those of us, honestly, that write, we are using writing um, to live out our calling and our passion more more than we are using it. As a second income or a primary income Um, for most people. And I was recently on a panel discussion. I was asked about, you know, making right being uh, making a living as a writer and what the people that I know um, that do what I do, writing, speaking, coaching, we make a living in very diverse ways. Um, so you know, if I earn ten thousand from writing, and then maybe you know, I I earn another chunk from speaking, and then a different chunk from coaching. Um, all of that adds up to full time income. Um, but you know, it it really takes selling a lot of books, uh, for you to be to consider writing um, something that you can do full time. And that takes you back to your why. That's why you got to know, why do I do this? Why is this important to me? Um, Because that why has to carry you through the reality that um, it's hard work and it may not be something that you earn a lot of income off of. All right. So hopefully this has been helpful. In general, here's your review. Start writing in non-book ways, social media posts, blogs, articles, church newsletters, whatever and whoever you can write for. Really develop that skill. Build your platform. Start sharing your writing and building a community of people who want to read your writing. Then get help. Join Hope Writers, get a writing coach, attend a seminar for writers, but get help. Uh, Surround yourself with people who are doing what you're doing. Learn the craft of writing. Develop a writing habit. Get in the habit of writing on a regular basis, even if it's just for your eyes to read. Understand the types of publishing available, traditional versus self-publishing versus sharing a PDF versus Amazon KDP publishing. And then finally have realistic expectations, particularly as it relates to earning money writing. I hope this has been helpful for you or someone you know. What I want you to know is writing a book, it's a worthy dream. It takes courage. It takes commitment to see it through. But if it's your dream, you can start moving in that direction one step at a time. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have three free ebooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.